Here we are live at Discover Green Bay, the Green Bay Visitor Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin, talking some Packers and Seahawks. I'm here with Todd Varney. Brandon, hit it. Saturday, November 13th, 2021, the Green Bay Packers will take on the Seattle Seahawks and noted non-dramatic quarterback Russell Wilson tomorrow afternoon. Hello, everybody. I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westerf. I am the owner and CEO and the big cheese or whatever you want to call me of Game On Wisconsin. And I am joined by my right-hand man and take that however you wish, Todd Varney. You can follow him on Twitter at the Todd V and you can follow me. I am at Jacob Westerf live here, like I mentioned, at Discover Green Bay Beyond Legendary, located at 789 Armed Forces Drive, right by the Rush Center or Ray Nitschke Field, if you want to get some of your bearings. We are here to give away a $200 Packers Pro Shop gift card. So come down, talk to Beth, Nick Meisner, myself, or Todd, and you'll have an opportunity to do just that. But we're up here. It is a game weekend. And the Packers, yeah, the Packers are going to play tomorrow. So they are going to play, and it sounds like they are going to have their starting quarterback back. And let's start there. Aaron Rodgers is expected to be activated. That is not official as of 131 Central Time right now. But Aaron Rodgers is expected to be activated to start tomorrow. Todd, does your confidence level go up a lot, a little? Did it stay the same? After what I saw from Jordan Love last week, which – if you listen to me on Wednesday, which I assume everybody in the world tuned in on Wednesday <laughs> to hear my thoughts on Jordan Love, um, I wasn't concerned really at all. I think if, if he were to go tomorrow, this team's in in fine shape. Uh, a, a full week of practice for him with the ones to get out there and do what he did last week, essentially. I, th- I think he'd be fine. I'm Jacob Westendorf, joined by Todd Varney. Again, like I mentioned, live here at Discover Green Bay, talking Seahawks. What up, Grandma Joan and Mom? Grandma Joan and Mom. Jamie, Jamie, no last name. And my mom, of course, is in the chat as what well. A, so, What a crew. What a crew watching. Loyal fans, loyal listeners. That's what builds everything here. So appreciate you guys stopping in, saying hello. Seahawks and Packers tomorrow. My confidence level did change. It's nothing against Jordan Love. He's just a player that would be making a second start against a Seattle team that might be a little bit better than what their record indicates. Uh, at this point in time, and they are getting back their quarterback, Russell Wilson, which leads me to the next point of the day. I do want to congratulate Russell Wilson for for beating death and that that devastating Incredible. injury, just a Incredible. fantastic recovery. What a, what a player, what a person. And honestly, I may have shed a tear or two watching that. How corny is Russell Wilson? Is there anyone worse? I don't think, not right now. <laughs> I, he just, it, it's almost, I don't know if it's an act. And coming from a guy like me who half the time, I don't know if I'm doing an act or not either. It really irritates me that does he just know how cringy he is? And that's just what he wants to do. And is just like, I'm going to make that my brand or is this real? And if this is real, he needs to talk to my therapist, somebody, I mean, get his own Mine's pretty busy. Trust me, but he, he needs to talk to somebody about this because it's, it's a problem. Anybody who's a therapist for Todd, I can promise is not being paid enough. When it comes to <laughs> Russell Wilson, 
Corny, certainly. And I, I've tried to think of some other people and I had some names brought up to me, Kirk Cousins and players like that. But that's the point I think that you mentioned is it's not genuine. Like with Russ, it's an act. I just think Kirk is just a weird dude. Yeah. Russ, it feels like an act. And like that whole weird video, the Mr. Unlimited video he made last year. And now you've got this thing where he goes, <laughs> he's talking to a doctor about an x-ray. Like he broke 17 bones in his lower leg. It was a broken finger. Like I'm playing Brett Favre played with a broken thumb. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's, it's, it's one of those things where, and then the video, like it, it's not a crazy serious injury and it's not like it kept him out a long time. What's he been out three, four weeks, three weeks, two games. Yeah. So it's not like it was like detrimental to his health that he was laid up in a hospital bed. Like, had to just have some serious operation. Like we didn't see a comeback video like this from Alex Smith, who it almost was, died. It was thought, <laughs> would probably never walk again right. and, and did almost die. So you're like, that dude was just like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm back. We're going to hey, play. Hello. It was like the Michael Jordan facts. I'm back. Yeah. That's all that was so yep. not to compare those guys. So let, let's move on from Russ. Cause there is actually going to be a game. We'll come back to him. We'll come. I'm sure we will. At some point, there is going to be a game played tomorrow on the Packers offense. I was going to get on the field. They did not add another player this week uh, to their roster wide receiver. Odell Beckham is signing or signed, excuse me, with the Los Angeles Rams who news out of LA today was that Robert Woods, unfortunately tore his ACL yesterday at practice. So he is going to miss the rest of the season, which now puts the Rams at a grand total of one good wide receiver on their roster with Cooper cup playing there and uh, Odell Beckham. They're going to try and integrate him. Where were you on the Beckham saga? Again, I know you mentioned this on Wednesday at Lombardi. Saga is not the right word, but the the pursuit of Odell Beckham. I was all for it. Um, oh I don't I don't know that he makes us a worse team. I think this team has a strong enough locker room um, and in the position rooms too. Like if you look at the attitude that he's going to have in a position room in Cleveland, he's there with his best friend from college, Jarvis Landry, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones, who isn't a, a leader by any means. Um, when it comes to that sort of thing. So he's going to get away with whatever he wants to. How many times do you think he would have a chance to pop off in a wide receiver meeting with Devonte Adams and, and Randall Cobb once? If that, yeah. What happens after he does it once it doesn't happen again. So I'm confident that that wouldn't have been an issue here. And as long as he's healthy, if he's on the field, teams have to respect him and, and his ability. And it's not what it was at one time. Uh, but I think, just the fact that he's out there on the field teams have to give him a little bit more respect than uh, an Alan Lazard out there, or I hate to say it, our good friend MVS. Uh, I, I think just having Odell Beckham on that field makes the defense look that way a little bit more and, and takes some pressure off of Devante. That very well could be. We will not know. Uh, I do think it is more likely that Odell Beckham doesn't finish the season with the Rams than it is. He makes a significant impact in Los Angeles, but something to monitor. I'm sure that plenty of fans are going to remind you that the Packers were not all in because they did not sign Odell Beckham during the season. And it completely ignores the fact of the other players that they've brought in like Rasul Douglas and Whitney Merciless and some of the other guys uh, that have been brought in Devondre Campbell. And not only that, but just pushing all of their salary cap in the next season yeah. to where they have $2 billion <laughs> over the cap. It's been crazy. The narrative, I just, it's something I don't understand, but narratives are going to narrative. I, I understand that. And I understand that that's the way things are going to work. And I also know that if it doesn't help your fantasy team or if you wouldn't trade for the guy in Madden, then it doesn't count as a significant move. So I get all that. That is what it is. Uh, the Packers are going to be playing tomorrow without him. They're going to have some of those guys there. And they're going to have, for the first time all season, or at least since week three, 
all of their guys back. Aaron Rodgers, again, likely to play. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is back. He's missed most of the season uh, to date with a hamstring injury. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Uh, the only guy that they're going to be missing now is Robert Tunyon, who obviously is going to miss the rest of the season with a uh, an ACL injury that unfortunately is going to keep him out for the rest of the year. What are your thoughts? Because this offense to date has been pretty darn average. Yeah. Uh, and and now they're not going to have David Bakhtiari back. That is one big piece that they're still missing. Do you expect this offense to take off a little bit once they get all their guys back? Or is this just kind of what they are? Uh, I mean, it's it's essentially the same group from, from last season, right? Nothing major has changed. Um, or when you look at, at an offense that's changed, uh, like with Kansas City, they obviously don't look the same this year. Well, they rebuilt their offensive line. Like, mm -hmm. that's something that's changed. You can't point at one thing on this team and go like, well, we got a bunch of new receivers or we got, you know, a bunch of new linemen or a running back. Like, it's the same same nucleus that's there. So it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what what is slowing them down this year. I'm confident that they will get back together. We saw it with the line, uh, you know, which we were all saying coming into to the season was going to be a strength of this team was the offensive line. And then in the preseason, we were all going, what, what were we talking about? They look <laughs> right. bad. And, and it was one of those where, you know, they just needed to play together and, and figure out their job and become cohesive in a unit. And now we're seeing that where they're playing pretty well, aside from last week, uh, where they just all at the same time decided, let's not remember how to pick up a blitz this week. Right. Um, and, and go from there. So I think as this offense starts to work together, unfortunately, just before MVS's injury, I mean, we saw, him and Rogers finally hit on one of those deep balls. Looked like their timing was coming around. Uh, I I expect them to all get back on the same page. And luckily, the defense looks like it's on the same page. Yeah. Uh, and they're like three pages ahead of whatever offense they're playing. Yeah, let's move there. This defense is now in the top five as far as points allowed and yards allowed, which is phenomenal to me that that is the case. They've had a turnover in every game except for two of them, both losses, maybe coincidentally, maybe not. You go – at the beginning of the season, 38 to three, nobody real excited about the hire of Joe Barry. And now you've got this Packers team. The first six quarters of the season were as bad as they could be 35. And then they gave up 17 uh, to the, to the lions in the first half of that game. And you're talking 55 points in six quarters. That's not going to cut it. Now is the stretch of the season though, where you're going to start to see some of those tests. You get the beginning part of the season. Obviously they're playing Jameis Winston, whatever, Jared Goff, whatever, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared, or, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's corpse. Joe Burrow was a good one, but they're not quite ready to be that consistently great offense just yet. But they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Gonna yeah, be they're going to be good. Yeah, and it might be even by the end of the season. That's one of those teams that I was talking about this yesterday. I wouldn't be – I'm not going to bet on it, but I would not be surprised if they're playing like on championship Sunday as like a team that pulled a couple of upsets. Yeah, just weirdly got – they remind me of um, the Vikings with Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper. Yeah. Moss, yeah. Moss's first couple of years where it was just like, how do you – how do you stop Jamar Chase? Yeah. What do you do? Well, you hope that he thinks that the ball is not similar <laughs> or whatever the story was in the preseason. Doesn't have white lines on it. Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> so you've got that. Now you're starting to get to the stretch of the season with this Packers defense, though. They played Kyler Murray a couple weeks ago. They played Patrick Mahomes last week. They have Russell Wilson this week. Kirk Cousins, who, okay, he's Kirk Cousins. We make a lot of jokes, but he's having a better year this year. And then Matthew Stafford to close out the month of November in the number three passing offense. And those are the teams – the types of quarterbacks Green Bay is going to have to beat to get to the Super Bowl. Because even under Dom Capers and Mike Pettin, we saw the Packers defense beat up on shitty quarterbacks. We've seen them do that a lot. Yeah. The problem was when they get into the playoffs and you're going to face guys like Stafford and Tom Brady and Kyler Murray is you have to beat those guys. 
and they haven't been able to do that. What is your confidence level at this point in the season where you're like, hey, this defense is legit? Or are you like me sitting back going, I am still skeptical? I'm still a little skeptical. Uh, I keep going, this is a legit defense because they're still missing two really big parts. Yeah, they're two best players. That they're hoping to get back, right, in Jair and Z. And every time Matt LaFleur talks about either of them, it seems like it might just be a pipe dream that either of them are coming back. And is as great as Razul Douglas has been playing for Razul Douglas. Um, not he, Jair Alexander. He, he's, he's, not, he's not your guy. Granted, he's not Ladarius Gunter. No. Um, but I, I just don't know how comfortable I feel going into the postseason up against some of those quarterbacks in the offense, as you mentioned, and having uh, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, and Razul Douglas, and Shannon Sullivan be the guys that, that you're asking to stop those quarterbacks from doing what they do. Um, Kevin King might have just had his best game as a Packer. Um, I and mean, unfortunately, only going to be remembered because for, he dropped for the, the drop. interception. But he had a great game besides yep. that. He had some really big tackles um, and, and did a good job coming up and playing aggressively, uh, trying to get into the Pro Bowl. He does not want to make me look wrong on that. Um, so I, I appreciate his efforts there. Eric Stokes, let's hope you know he comes back out. He's been – for a rookie, he's playing really good, and these are really important reps. But he's still a rookie, and that shows. Mm-hmm. Um but I think a lot of those issues are are going to go away, especially with more time. So it's just important that he gets back from injury and gets out there and, and can get back to that high-level play he was at. And hopefully able to get him back tomorrow playing against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You mentioned their tackling and the abilities that they've had doing that this year. That, to me, is one of the biggest improvements that the Packers' defense has had is their ability to tackle. They are ranked number one by pro football focus in terms of their tackling ability. Now, PFF is PFF. I understand that, but it matches what my eyes are seeing. And that is that the Packers are tackling much better this season. And that's a big deal for a defense that wants to put a roof on it, so to speak, limit explosive plays, limit big plays. Well, one way to do that is keep everything in front of you and then make the tackle. Because if you don't make the tackle, it's not a big deal if they're in front of you for five yards, if it turns into 25 yards. So you've got that going for you. You mentioned the two guys that are out, Jair and Zadarius Smith. To me, this team can, this Packers team, and I've said it all year, needs to be compared to a team that can win a Super Bowl. Whether they can or not remains to be seen. But I do know that if they want to win a Super Bowl, they cannot survive on defense the losses of Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander for the whole season. It can be one or the other. You don't feel great about it if it's not both. But if they get one of those guys back, you can feel good about it. Because eventually, in the playoffs, you see it. The big players are the ones that have to play yeah. their best. You saw it last year. Tampa Bay. In that NFC Championship game, who played their best? Tom Brady in the first half, certainly. And then the second half, it was Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul in the face of Aaron Rodgers, just making some plays that way. And then their entire front seven in the face of Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Green Bay hasn't done that in the championship game the last two years. Their best players haven't played great. In fact, some of them haven't even played well. The next game that the Packers' high-priced pass rush with the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary shows up in will be the first. So that's going to be a big deal. Uh, coming down the stretch of this season. Let's get into tomorrow, because tomorrow the Packers are playing the Seahawks. They're going to play at 325. It's on CBS. It's a Jim Nance, Tony Romo special, for those of you that are into that, as opposed to Buck and Do you like Romo? Are you a Romo guy? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind Romo. 
I like Romo. Um, I don't love him. There are times where I think he talks a little too much, but I mean, he's also new to the game. Coming so from you. I, hey, coming from you, man. Very, that's saying something. I'm very aware of the lack of <laughs> self-awareness that comes when I say that. But the Packers are going to have Romo and Nance in the stadium. Uh, you'll have Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, some of the old nemesis. They said Devontae Adams said earlier this week that this game feels like a, a division game of sorts. Do you feel that way with the Seahawks? There's something there. Mm-hmm. Like going back to the fail Mary and I mean, even Matt Hassel back in the, you know, we'll take the ball and we're going to score that was almost 20 years ago. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I don't feel old now. Um, and then just the, I'm, I'm not going to 2014. I mean, there, there were just, just been they, some, only, they only played in the season opener that year. So I don't know what you're talking about. The rest never yeah, happened. Yeah. There was never dropped it. And then the NFL ceased to exist. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's just, there's, there's always been big games and there's always seems to be controversy around those games. So not necessarily a division game, but it reminds me of like the Cowboys in the nineties, mm-hmm. the late nineties, when we would play them, it seemed like we can actually win a game or two against them is the nice part. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw today that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, their teams, they're four and four against each other. Packers have won all four at Lambeau. Russ have won. Russ and company have won all four in Seattle, which is just wild to me that that's the case. The even more wild one that you guys brought up on Lombardi's Bar, which you can catch every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central with Todd Varney, Jimmy Christensen, and Dan Kotnick slinging the drinks, is that the Seahawks have not won a game at Lambeau Field as a member of the NFC Conference. The last time they won at Lambeau was 1999. It was Mike Holmgren's first game back at Lambeau Field after he famously left Green Bay for the head coach and general manager job in Seattle ultimately found out he wasn't that good of a general manager like most coaches do, but they haven't won since 1999. And you look into tomorrow where, yeah, it feels like not a rivalry game because I think those are reserved for teams that have like legitimate conflicts or regional rivalry, stuff like that. But it is a team that they've played a lot and they've played a lot in some really important games. Last time Seattle came here, it was a divisional playoff game a couple years ago. Green Bay gets a big sack from Preston Smith on third down two big third down conversions to Devontae Adams and the tight end known as Jimmy Graham to send Seattle home. And then they moved on. Of course, you mentioned the one game that we will not mention. They played in a high stakes game that way as well. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. It feels like there's a, a minor beef between those two. Uh, Russ or Rogers. You saw it. Uh, I think it was, it was either Friday or Tuesday. I believe it was Tuesday when Rogers was on the McAfee show where Pat was trying to kind of, probe him into that of making fun of Russell Wilson's video for his comeback. And Rogers made some comment in 2015 after the game about how God must've been a Packers fan tonight because Russ made some comment after the championship game that God was on their side. So he knew they weren't going to lose blah, blah, blah. And Rogers kind of made a couple points. So there's legitimate beef between those two. And I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's the bears and the Vikings, there's your classics, but this is the team that grinds my bones the most because I find Pete Carroll to be absolutely insufferable. I find Russell Wilson to be as cringeworthy as it is. I didn't care for Marshawn Lynch. Maybe that was because he was the face of that team in that particular time frame. And then you've got that Legion of Boom with Richard Sherman. That who, was naughty. Yeah, it was really good. But man, <laughs> I don't. I hated him. I hate it. And you, there isn't a player on that team that I was like, man, I really like those guys. I just wish he didn't play for them. I just was. But there's also not a player on that defense that I go. I'm glad they didn't play for us. Yeah, no, no, like, not one. Not like one. Cam, Cam Chancellor. Oh, so glad he wasn't a pack. Like, they're he scares me on TV. Right. Like, I'm not even around the guy. He's just on my TV. I'm at home. Doors are locked. Cam Chancellor scared me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then they were one of those teams that 
they beat you. And then they told you that they beat you, which yeah. made them a team where you'd probably love, like those are the teams that Seahawks fans are going to love until the end of time because yeah. of stuff like that. So it is that team for me though. Like you mentioned, like the Cowboys would have been if I were old enough in the nineties to kind of understand what was going on when Thank the Packers you. played Thank those. You. Yep. You're very welcome <laughs> on that. It's that team. And the 49ers were kind of that way for a while with like Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the longevity wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. You know, this is spanning well over a decade now and you get into this. So, and it's a big game for the Packers. They're seven and two. They're, they're tied for the second best record in the NFC uh, in the loss column with the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So then you've got the Cardinals, obviously one game ahead, the Packers own the tiebreaker in that scenario, which is a good thing. Uh, obviously that'll come down to something like this at the end of the year, but it is a big game because green Bay has to win these NFC games. And this is a big stretch. I think for green Bay, because they're going to play three games in a row. Well, four, if you go into December against NFC opponents and they have to get back on track after a game that went last week. So what's your, you know, in terms of every game is a must win. I understand that. But in terms of green Bay has to win this game on a one to 10, where are you at there? I I'm typically, I try not to hit the panic button and, and no game, especially this early in the regular season is a must win. But this is as close to it as it can get. The NFC, the way that it's shaping up, 14 and three is probably what you're going to need for mm -hmm. home field advantage. And so if you look at the rest of the Packers schedule, you know, there are some games on there that are tricky. You've got the Rams at home coming off of their bye week. Um, and Odell Beckham, obviously. Oh, Od Odell Beckham revenge game against the front office, potentially. Stop. Um, going to Baltimore. Yep. They're so up and down. They could put up 50 and, or they could score three. Like who knows what, what you'll get there. And I don't know about you, but I hate watching our defense against a running quarterback since the beginning of time. Yeah. I was going to say, I wondered if that was just Kaepernick PTSD, but it's probably like Michael Vick. Yeah. No, I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's my head goes back there and I'm like, that's where it started. Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen this team stop a running quarterback since. Um, and then they still have to go to Minnesota, which the Vikings aren't that good this year, but it's at Minnesota. That's, that's always that's Minnesota Super Bowl. Yep. And, and they're probably not going to go six and zero in the division. So you figure what game are they most likely to lose in the division? It feels like that game. Right. And so, I mean, you, you've got that. And so you can't afford to lose this one because you're most likely going to drop one more along the way here. The late the late bye week I think is actually helping them because they had such a good start mm -hmm. that that's going to hit at a good time. Uh, like if it would have been like week six in the middle of a winning streak, and you're like, cool, now we're going to run through the rest of this. Like the NFL has to add a second bye week if they're going to add another game and go yep. 18, yep. they have to have another bye week in there because you're seeing it this year. I mean, load management's going to become a thing in the NFL, which I don't think anybody wants. No, no. That's one of the big, whenever you ask somebody, what are their biggest complaints about the NBA? It's that if I buy tickets, what's up, man? Um, whenever I buy tickets, I don't know if, if I buy tickets to a Lakers game, is LeBron going to play? Is Anthony Davis going to play like players like that? Or if I buy tickets to whomever, it doesn't matter where are the stars going to play. And I think that's a fair question at this point. And you don't want that in the NFL. And then you talked about that late bye week and how it can help green Bay just get some of their guys back. If you guys want to go through history, it was this time last year, actually next week would have been the last time the Packers lost a regular season game. They lost in late November to Indianapolis. And then they ran the table for the remainder of the season until of course the NFC championship game against Tampa Bay, where they were sent home uh, 
with another heartbreaking loss. What else is new as far as as far as that goes? But I think you're right. And you talk about how the one seed, the one seed's important every year. The buy is important, all that stuff. Home field advantage. I know Green Bay just lost a home NFC championship last year, but you want those guys and those games in your building. Right. Because otherwise you end up playing in Seattle, hostile environment. In Atlanta, this screaming Georgia Dome. It was the last game ever at the Georgia Dome, if memory serves, that year. So you didn't want that either. And then you get, you know, this year you could have to go to Tampa Bay or Los Angeles, Tampa Bay place. The Packers historically haven't played very well, especially with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, Los Angeles. Maybe that could be like a pseudo home game. It kind of was a couple years ago, but still you'd rather play yeah. this game in green Bay, especially against these teams that aren't used to playing in this climate and those kinds of things as well. So the one seed, the other thing about it is I think we all agree. If green Bay has to play Arizona, I think you feel good about that game. Yeah. And then if green Bay has to play Dallas, you feel good about that game wherever it's at because it's going to be either in Dallas, which is Aaron Rodgers' second home, or it's going to be here against a team they've had a lot of success against. Yep. Tampa Bay and LA, that's one of those situations where I think Green Bay could beat one of them, but not both right in a row. And if you're the two seed, that's the route you're going to, or the three seed, that's probably the route you're going to have to go. Yeah. Is you're going to have to play Tampa Bay or LA in the second round, depending on it. Because I anticipate the NFC, I, I anticipate the Rams winning the West, the Bucks winning the South, obviously the Cowboys and the Packers winning their division. So there's your top four seeds. I anticipate Dallas being the four seed. I just think they'll have another weird game or two where they just don't play that well. No. With mashed potato Mike? Let's chill on Mike McCarthy. That's not going to happen here. But anyway, <laughs> you don't want to have to play both of those teams right in a row. Right. Because the Rams are physical as hell, and so are the Bucks. So you could even go into an NFC championship situation against the other team beat up from the previous week. And that's something that has happened before where – You've seen it where a team has won a game. Green Bay did it a few years ago when they beat up, uh, beat the Cowboys on that last-minute game. It was a game that took so much out of them. I don't think they were better than Atlanta anyways, but that took so much out of them. They got the doors blown off them the following week. The Vikings a few years ago, they get the Minneapolis Miracle. Then they get 38-7 to in the NFC Championship game. Well, and even the Rams last year, I mean, didn't they get beat up the week before they came up here? Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a closer game for a while. They ended yeah. up winning by a, by a larger amount, but – yeah, that was another game where they played a division game against a physical Seattle team, and then they kind of and Aaron Donald got hurt. That was a big story. I know everybody likes to point that Elton Jenkins shut him down, and kudos, Jenkins is awesome, but Jenkins isn't shutting him down like that. If Aaron Donald isn't at least somewhat compromised, Donald might be the best player in all of football. Seattle is who they have tomorrow, and that's why you have to win these games to try and avoid playing some of those teams because the path to the Super Bowl. You want to have it at not easy because there's no easy playoff games, but you don't want to have to play all the best teams if you don't have to. Right. And you want to put yourself in as good of a situation as possible and having that extra buy. And that's another thing that hasn't really been talked about is Aaron Rodgers is coming off of a, a self-induced extra buy, but an extra buy, that's something that probably can't hurt for a 37-year-old quarterback either. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, be sure we'll have more right after the break here. I'm going to come back with the uh, – I don't know Nick's title, but I'll have to get that when he comes back in. So Nick's going to hop on, and we're going to talk a little Discover Green Bay. This is Game On Wisconsin. I'm Jacob Westendorf with Todd Varney. Let's see what we've got coming Tuesday with our friend Marquez Valdez-Scantling.
Yes, the Marquez Valdez Scantling Show. You can catch that every Tuesday here at Game On Wisconsin with myself, Todd Varney, sometimes Jimmy Christensen, and of course, number 83 in your programs, but number one, as far as I am concerned, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Hoping for a big day for him tomorrow. Welcome back to the show, guys. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I am joined live now by, I just said, Nick, I don't know your title, but this is Nick Meisner of Discover Green Bay. He's here letting us kind of hang out here in the facility here. 789 Armed Forces Drive right by Ray Nitschke Field, right across the street from the Rush Center or around the corner from the Green Bay Distillery if you guys want some of your bearings. So Nick, just tell us a little bit about your role here at Discover Green Bay and what it is that you do. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jacob. Uh, so my role is in the marketing communication side here at Discover Green Bay, but uh, on a larger scale, the Discover Green Bay is what we call a destination marketing organization. Uh, so it's our job to tell everyone about all the cool things going on in Green Bay, why to visit, what to do while you're here, and uh, what not to miss out on. So you mean to tell me that Green Bay is a vacation destination? Yes, it is a vacation destination for many folks like yourself. We've had this conversation. Now you you come up for you come up for vacations here quite often, and and we're glad to have you. But but yeah, we're definitely a vacation destination all year round. There are there are things to do uh, in the summer, spring, winter, and yes, the fall too, uh, especially during football season. And that's where our tagline uh, "Beyond Legendary" comes in because we do know. Um, the big draw here in Green Bay is the Packers. It's it's the number one thing people want to come and visit. And, and we have, you know, one of the best stadiums in the NFL, the most historic team in the NFL. Um, you know, but what we're trying to to share is there's much more uh, once you come and do your Packers, uh, Packers tourist stuff, there's much more to go and see. There's a local flavor, a local cuisine, a local culture uh, that every, that any visitor would find really, really fun and uh, would keep them coming back. So where can we find some information and stuff like that here in the in the visitor center? What do you guys have? What do you give out? How do I know what to do on everything? Yeah. So the biggest thing, the biggest resource with our visitor center is our people. Um, people like myself who've lived here for 30 years, uh, our entire team who uh, all I got out of that is he's old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, our entire team who is very, very knowledgeable in all things Green Bay. Um, that's really what you're going to find. We just had a, we just had a couple in here today that, that you spoke with us uh, to Jacob from Idaho and shared all the different restaurants and spots to go to and, and left them with a guide with all of the breweries and wineries and places to eat and things to see and hikes to take all sorts of stuff. So we got plenty of stuff going on here yeah. in Green Bay. Like Nick mentioned, I do vacation in Green Bay. I'm not from here. Uh, Discover Green Bay, hanging out with Game On Wisconsin quite a bit. We've got some more stuff that we're trying to do here as well. But so let's talk about it. You're from here. Yeah. What is the first thing then that you would tell me to check out? So I, Hey, I'm a Packers fan. Yep. I did the stadium tour. I went through the hall of fame, the games tomorrow. I went through the pro shop. I've spent all my money there. I don't yep. want to spend any more money there. What's the first thing that you're going to tell me, Hey, go here. It's actually a nice place. So the first place I would tell you is actually a couple of districts, right? Uh, in downtown green Bay. So we have the downtown green Bay and the on Broadway district. Those are about, uh, let's see, as the crow flies from here, that way, about 10 minutes. Okay. And you're going to find in walking distance, you can see it up on the TV there for a second, in walking distance, about half a dozen breweries, coffee shops, local shops, local artisan shops, um, where you can literally spend all afternoon just like poking around different places, um, you know, grabbing a coffee, grabbing a beer, grabbing a bite. Um, and then there's also tons of Packers history. Uh, that happened in downtown Green Bay. 
One of my favorite places that I always tell people that they have to check out while they're here is the automobile gallery. It's something you would never, ever expect to find in Green Bay. Are you a car guy? I, I you dabble. Sure, I yeah. dabble. Sure. So get, get this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you use one every day, but you know, so get this. They have in their automobile museum, Bart Starr's Super Bowl one Corvette that wow. he won there. Okay. It is incredible. And on top of that, they have the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Okay. So wow. any sorts of vehicles that they want that that you want, they have um, uh, hundreds of cars there, millions upon millions of dollars. They have a 2021 uh, Ford GT uh, that's over a million dollar car sitting right in front. You can walk through there and spend an entire afternoon just marveling at all the cars and all the stories. Um, and that's walking distance in downtown Green Bay from everything. So a couple of hidden gems. So that's one big thing. You yeah. said, what's your hidden gem that you can find then? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I, I live in De Pere, um, and anytime you, uh, if you're into nature, the Fox River Trail that runs through yep. De Pere is so much fun. And they just started a couple years ago opening it in the winter. So um, they plow it now so you can uh, take in the fall colors. You can take in the, the views from the river, walk around St. Norbert College. And then um, Stella's Restaurant in De Pere is my, is my go-to when I'm looking for something in town. So there you guys have it. Discover Green Bay, 789 Armed Forces Drive, right by Ray Nitschke Field. Swing by, check out all kinds of different stuff they have. Yep. And if you just don't know what you're doing, then they've got all this kind of stuff for you to help there. So that's the best. That's if you don't know what you're doing, make us your first stop and you will leave here with an itinerary. I promise you that. So my best bet for you guys is to stop here the day before the game or stay around the day after the game and just see what all Green Bay has to offer. Because as Nick mentioned, it is a vacation destination. He's Nick Meisner. I'm Jacob Westerhoff. I want to thank Discover Green Bay for having us here today. Obviously, we've got a few things. Let's take one more break here, and then we'll get back here to some intro or some uh, predictions and stuff like that for tomorrow. We'll see you guys on the other side. want to thank Nick again for having us here at Discover Green Bay 789 Armed Forces Drive. And one thing that I didn't mention, foolishly, that I should have, you still have time to stop by and have a chance to win a $200 Packers Pro Shop gift card. So swing by, put your name in the little box here, and they we will announce the winner on Monday. On Monday, So when remains to be seen, but we'll announce the winner on Monday of a $200 Packers Pro Shop gift card. Todd, if I gave you $200 to the Pro Shop today, mm -hmm. you could walk across the street, and what are you buying? I, it would probably have to be the last time I was in there. I was in there on my birthday when I was up here for our uh, our party before week one or our opening weekend here. Um, and I, I did some damage. Um, <laughs> but the, there were two things that I was debating between, and it was a Dillon jersey or a Stokes jersey. And now you could get both. I would get both. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you could get both and it would cost you about eh, 25 bucks. Yeah. Know prices of jerseys have gone up a little bit. So I know that the Packers, they've actually released this line of away jerseys. So they're all they're They have white jerseys now, um, which I don't understand why they don't sell more of those. I feel like you could take some of the best players and just have an opportunity for that. But uh, they're, they're putting those out. 
Eric Stokes is in there. AJ Dillon, Rashawn Gary. They have quite a few. Did you go over there today? I haven't been over there yet. No, that's the plan. Have yeah, you? I haven't either. So I, I was hoping you were going to tell me there was nothing new and I didn't need to go over there, but we're going over there next time. That sure feels that way okay. now, doesn't it? So fantastic. We'll go ahead and get a chance. We are not eligible to win the gift card, so you don't <laughs> have to worry about that, but feel free, stop by and put your name in the hat and get an opportunity to win that gift card. So we've got the Packers playing the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow afternoon, 3.30 kickoff. Todd, I ask you this. What is the biggest key to Green Bay coming out of that game with the victory? I think the offense has to get rolling. Um, like we mentioned, we've seen the defense play well over the last you know few weeks especially. And just getting to the point where this offense starts to roll. They're getting pieces back. Things are rolling in the right direction. That's – that's what has to happen. They've got to get this, these guys going. Yeah, my thing is, I can't remember the exact analogy that Preston Smith made the last time Russell Wilson came here and played against Green Bay, but it was something like chasing Wilson around is like chasing a chicken in the field or something like that. The, the best one I've ever heard of that was Leroy Butler on Barry Sanders said it's like trying to catch a bar of soap in the bathtub. And it it's so spot on. And I heard that probably – 20 years ago, and I still think of it every damn time I drop the soap. So they, okay, so nope, I'm not touching that. One. Uh, <laughs> nope, I'm not touching that one. So anytime you think of that, obviously, so whether it's chasing the chicken in the field, a bar of soap, and a bathtub, whatever, keep Russell Wilson in the pocket because you get him outside the pocket. I think the Packers are going to be able to hold up okay against the likes of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And those are two really good players. I understand that, but I think they'll be able to hold up well. And Seattle's offense for all of the star power that it has with those guys hasn't been that good this year. Uh, they're towards the, they're at the bottom of the league in third and fourth down conversions and the Packers pass rush with Rashawn Gary, Whitney Merciless and Preston Smith. And hopefully Kenny Clark is able to play. He's questionable at this point in time. If they're able to go, I think you can get enough pressure on Wilson, maybe not force him into some mistakes, but kind of do what they've done all year. Make the other team punt, make the other team do a few different things that they're maybe not the most comfortable with doing slowing down Russell Wilson in the pocket and keeping that run game under wraps because the Seahawks want to run the ball. They make no secrets about that. Those are the things they want to do on the offensive side of the ball. Well, the good news there is Chris Carson's not going to play tomorrow. Yeah. yeah um, so you're looking at week. Alex, Alex Collins and a bunch of some guy named Dallas is, is running the ball for is him. Travis too. Homer still there. I mean, Maybe. I feel like Seattle just yeah. recycles through. These yeah. There's backs. just a, a pile of, of nobodies. Um, but nobody's that can still run the ball if they need to. So that's that's definitely what they're going to look to do. I mean, that's the key to success is keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and the best way to do that is to run the ball. So let's see if they do that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on the defense. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Um, defensive back coach Jerry Gray talking about Rizal Douglas. Yes, I did. <laughs> He's here at 730 at night still watching film where guys are gone, and obviously he must be a single guy. <laughs> it's like what I think Chris Long said it. He was complimented and blasted in the same sentence. <laughs> like, thanks, coach. Appreciate yeah. that. But yeah. also, damn. Yeah. So now I feel for you because that's one more player that's now on the market yeah. to keep the people out of your DMs. Yeah. So, so which are open, by the way. They are open, yep. but that is the problem that we're going to have here. So, Green Bay playing tomorrow. We talked about Aaron Rodgers coming back, uh, likely to be activated off the COVID list here in the next eh, 50 minutes or so. Do you have any concerns about his abilities coming back off of the COVID list? Not really. Um, he He's one of those guys. I mean, it, it's 
it's a touch thing and it, it seems to always be there for him uh, when, when he needs it. And he's never really seemed to have an issue getting up for, for games, especially ones that he deems as a big game, which this would be one. And I, I'm sure he, uh, after the last week and a half of beatings he's taken in the media would really like to get out and uh, prove people that he's still an elite quarterback and give them something else to talk about. He's going to be fine. I'm, I'm not concerned with him coming back onto the field. I'm with you. It'd be a little different maybe if he was a, a skill player or something that, you know, requires a little bit more explosion. Yeah. I think throwing the ball, it's like riding a bike. You know, that's something that he'll have. Maybe a few plays here or there will look clunky, but the easiest way for Aaron Rodgers, I think you're right. He wants to get the attention elsewhere. The easiest way for him to do that is to throw four touchdown passes tomorrow afternoon. So if he does six. that, yeah, six would be nice too. I'll take whatever. I'm not, I'm not greedy, but seven would be nice. I was here when he threw six in the first half against Chicago that one time. That was fun. But otherwise, that was a fun season. Yeah, that was a fun year all the way around until, of course, the very well, end. You don't have to do that. Can't have it. Can't have it all. You don't have so, to bring it up. Three thirty tomorrow, like I've mentioned, this is game on Wisconsin at Discover Green Bay. I'm Jacob Westendorf, joined by Todd Varney. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow him. He's at the Todd V. What tomorrow? We're looking at it now. Obviously, is this who wins and why? I think it's the Packers, and I think it's just it comes down to the way this team's been. I mean, they they've kind of had like Preston said. You know, maybe they're just better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they kind of have that chip on their shoulder this season, which is interesting to see uh, a team that has been where they've been the last two years still kind of feeling like an underdog uh, yeah, a lot really, of times. It's really strange. And so it, it'll be – I think it's going to be them. They just have this mentality, this grind it out and get it, where last year we saw a lot more like easy wins, right? Just get up early and coast. Um and this year it's more of the grind it out and make something happen at the end and who's going to step up. And I think we'll see that again tomorrow. I agree. I think the Packers win. I like them to win 27, 21. I like a big day from AJ Dillon. I think that when you listen to coaches in the press conferences, if you guys want gambling one oh one, if you guys want fantasy one oh one, listen to what the coaches say during the week. If they say, Hey, I would have regretted not getting this guy, the ball more or not getting this person involved more almost always the next game, they put a point of emphasis on getting that player, the ball. There was a point last year. I remember where they said they didn't get Devonte involved enough. And then the next week, I think they played Houston and he had seven catches and three touchdowns. And it was just like very clear. There was an emphasis on getting the ball to that particular player. Dylan was that guy in everything this week. So I think a big day for AJ Dylan. I think Rogers comes back and plays well. And the Packers defense makes enough plays against Russell Wilson to get another big win and move to eight and two is to get to the end of the season. So we are out of time here. Uh, Lambo Labo. Nice to see you finally oh, jumping. Finally showing up. What are you? I mean, the, what's the opposite of Lombardi time, bro? We've been here for 45 minutes and you just got here two seconds ago. So very appreciative of the compliment, but it kind of falls on deaf ears. You're talking mostly about me. That S is a typo. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so we're out of time. I want to thank you guys for stopping in and chatting with us today. We've got plenty of stuff going on throughout the rest of the season. Obviously, tomorrow we'll have our game day coverage with MJ Hurley. Monday, you'll see the guys from the Freezer podcast breaking down what's hopefully a Packers win. Tuesday, Todd and I will be back together to do the MVS show. Wednesday night, if you didn't get enough of Todd throughout the course of this weekend, you'll see him on Lombardi's Bar at 730. And right after them, you have Open Book with Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz, and Zach Jacobson. And then, of course, on Thursday, our newest edition, Brandon Snide on Cut the BS, which is a fantastic play on his initials. So I do appreciate him being willing to put that as his name. Check him out on Thursdays and everything throughout the course of the week. Find us on YouTube, Game on Wisconsin. 
follow us on Twitter at game on WI. You can see our social media stuff there on the bottom line, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Stop by the Green Bay Visitor Center at Discover Green Bay Beyond Legendary. Have a chance to win a $200 Packers Pro Shop gift card, and we will announce the winner on Monday. So we will have that opportunity for you guys as well. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys for joining us again. Jacob Westendorf, Todd Varney, Brandon Snide behind us here on the sticks. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Packers Seahawks should be a fun one. Go Pack Go.